Well, in Alberta, the focus of attention all this week has pretty much been on that protest blockade at the border crossing near Coots, where traffic is moving across the border tonight. The issue, though, is not resolved. But tomorrow, the focus is expected to shift a bit to Edmonton, where police today warned of significant traffic disruptions as trucks from across the province are expected to converge on Alberta's legislature, part of protests that are happening right across the country. With more on what challenges police face in Edmonton and across Canada and how they're preparing and reacting, I'm joined by Staff Sergeant Michael Elliott, Director of the Canadian Police Association and President of the Edmonton Police Association. Thanks for being here. Uh, Thank you, Ben. Appreciate it. This has obviously been a big challenge for police right across the country. Uh, What kind of lessons are being learned from Ottawa as we head into this weekend? Well, uh, first and foremost, I'd like to start off again that we understand that every individual has a right for um, freedom of assembly and freedom of speech. And we also know that a peaceful demonstration is can happen any place at any time in the country. And that's a part of our rights that we have to. But um, I do know that there is a difference between a peaceful demonstration and an occupation. And so that's that's one thing that we were trying to figure out with talking to our colleagues in Ottawa and talking to our colleagues with the RCMP that there are challenges faced on all sides when we learn to how to deal with demonstrations and, a, and maintain a peaceful process. Because as you know, Ben, it's a, it's a balancing act between the lawful assembly and freedom of speech, but also protecting the rights for the citizens as well to have the ability to live in, in peace and freedom and without any uh, disruption. I mean, I know I'm sure you've dealt with many protests in the past and police forces deal with protests all the time. What has been different about these ones and why has it been a challenge, do you think? Um, well, I can't really speak about what's occurring in Ottawa per se or down in Coots, mm-hmm. but what I can speak about though is in Edmonton, I know that this, the previous weekend we had a demonstration and was a convoy here. Um, one thing that we focused on was having uh, proper communication and open lines of communication with the demonstrators and to have that protest and to ensure that um, advance warning has been provided enough to our citizens to know that this is occurring, what to anticipate and what to expect. And so with with that in mind, we know that um, the, the previous protest in Edmonton was not at the same level that's occurring in Ottawa, but with every, we treat almost every protest in a similar fashion, knowing that we, we want to make sure that we have um, proper uh, crowd control in place, public safety. And we know that we have crowd management and proper resources in place to ensure the citizens are going to be okay, but those that are protesting are going to be okay as well. So it's, it's a, I'll say it's a fine balancing act, but I think with the um, years of service that our, that our organization has and the number of protests that we've seen throughout the years and decades, we learn from the past and we also try to improve upon how we deal with different protesters at, at different levels. Now, keep in mind, it's, and, and Ben, you know, that's hard too, because some people look at it and they go, as soon as anything like a blockade comes up, some take the position that we should move in and remove that protest uh, immediately, where others take the position. It's like, no, they have a lawful right to have a lawful protest and to uh, have their voice heard. So it is a very balanced act because I find if we move in too quickly to disrupt something, we're can be questioned and chastised for that. But yet if we wait too long, we're also questioned and chastised for that. So sometimes it's a very difficult double-edged sword and a balancing act to maintain both sides. 
I'm speaking with Staff Sergeant Michael Elliott, Director of the Canadian Police Association and President of the Edmonton Police Association about uh, protests planned for Edmonton this weekend, but also across the country as well. I've read often this week that for police, this has really been a no-win situation. Is that is that how you're... I mean, maybe it's a win-win, but it's it felt like a no-win uh, under the, some of the criticism that's been levied. Uh, do you feel that way? Is that, is that, is that that's an unfair criticism, I'd suspect? No, no, Ben, it's, it's a very fair point because, like I said previously, is that we go in with the intent, we don't set up the rules and regulations that's governed by municipal, provincial, or federal governments, right? They set the legislation, they put in the parameters that people have to follow, but they realize that when things occur, who do politicians, citizens, et cetera, look upon? They look upon the police to take care of things. And if something doesn't happen according to plan, I find that police bear the brunt of the responsibility for it, meaning, well, wait a minute, did you look up upstream? What happened to who set the regulations? What conversations did occur upstream for this to happen downstream when it gets to this point? So I, I think it's a, a very, very valid point that you put out that if we don't step in quick enough, we're criticized for that. When we do step in, we're sometimes criticized for that. And if we wait too long, we're criticized for, for that aspect as well. So it is sometimes is a no-win situation. And, um, and I can tell you with, with staffing levels within Edmonton and across the country with COVID, it's played a massive impact on the mental health of our first responders. And not just police alone, I'm talking about EMS, et cetera. So now you throw in protest on top of that. Our lines are stretched. I, I believe that uh, the chief in Ottawa even indicated that he doesn't have enough resources to manage this properly. And, and, and I can, I, and I truly feel for my colleagues in Ottawa, knowing the large scale that this is occurring and the burnout and stress that the front line is, is under because we have to stay professional and we have to stay on top of these things and handle them in the correct manner. Cause if we're not, we're chastised for that. And then what comes with it is complaints following that. So it, it's very, very difficult on, on the front line. Ben. What would you like people to understand about the limits to what to what you can do in those environments well uh, i'll try to expand a little bit on that it, okay. it's a difficult in the fact that because when you read say the criminal code or the certain actions with with um bylaws or provincial legislation on paper right a lot of people read things and go it's black and white and it's not necessarily that way because it's it's always the gray area so people got to get in mind that we also have some leeway and of how we approach certain situations. For example, if we had a large group, say protest this weekend, hypothetically, that gets out of hand, a potential that could occur, because some people look and go, you this saw that person hit somebody, I shouldn't say hit, that's a wrong term, say they vandalize a property. No one was hurt, but there was property vandalized. Some people would look up and say, you just watched that vandalism occur. Why didn't you step in? A problem that can occur if you step in at the exact moment. There's a potential there that you can create that mob mentality because you move in and arrest a person or a couple of people, and that can incite other people to step up and incite violence. Where on the flip side, what some people don't realize is that we're monitoring the situation, we're filming the situation, we're gathering intelligence, we're gathering information, because what we'll do is after the fact, build the case up, and then when things are calm and things have settled, it could be a day, it could be a week, it could be a month later, that's when we move in, we'll actually arrest the person or persons involved because the likelihood of anything occurring when it's only a one or two people is very slim, but in a large setting, it has the ability to incite more violence. And that's something that we do not want for not only the group and just for the citizens at large. 
We've been reading a lot of reports about healthcare workers of late, and I was wondering whether there's been any special attention paid to making sure that uh, that those areas are secure and those areas are safe when these protests are going on. Um, I, actually, Ben, I can't really talk about what steps have been taken to yeah for like for uh, for other first responders, especially in the mm-hmm. medical, EMS, etc. Mm-hmm. I'm not aware of anything, so I'd have to speculate right now. So unfortunately, sure. I won't be able to answer on that question. Yep, no problem at all. Um, just again, we've been reading about sort of different, um, you know, I think there was an incident in Calgary that was talked about uh, recently and so on, just, you know, the healthcare workers finding themselves targeted as well. Um, lastly, in terms, terms of just, you know, how this will go forward, um, you know, these protests may continue for a while, as, as far as we can tell. Um, you know, what do people need to know about, about this in the long run in terms of your staffing abilities, how, you know, the inconveniences that they cause, it's something we'll probably have to get, if these do continue, we'll have something we'll have to get used to. Yeah, and we always have um, contingency plans in place to try to determine how things occur. No difference when COVID started to initially spread and as it is still today, we have contingency plans. For example, if we were to lose a couple of squads on the front line, we'd have plans in place to draw from other areas within the service that we can um, solidify those lines to make sure that the, the public is um, safe and they can feel that, know that we're in place. But, but the problem is too, though, as you indicate, as these days, and, and like for in Ottawa, for example, as the days prolong, the more difficult it is to staff the front line. Because if you don't bring in additional resources, because I know they brought in members from Toronto, and I know they would have to do that because Ottawa is very similar to Edmonton in, in size and in population. And so you will burn out members over and over and over, and they will be unable to maintain that. So you need to bring in additional resources. So I can truly understand whether they're looking for um, you know, in Ontario for, for their colleagues to step up to the plate from the OPPA, uh, from Toronto and surrounding areas. And we'll be no different here. I can tell you that conversations are ongoing with their colleagues in uh, Calgary, the RCMP, sheriffs, et cetera. And these, these conversations need to occur because you need to share your intelligence and you need to ensure that we work together to find solutions to these issues and we can work collaboratively in that. And it's no different when we we go out to this rally on Saturday. We want to make sure that we have open lines of communication, allow them that peaceful assembly, but keep in mind that there, we need to make sure that the citizens are safe on, on the flip side as well. So I guess to, to summarize there, Ben, there's always contingency and plans in place, but as a, it's things progress. It is very disruptive for the mental health and the physical health of frontline responders. And I'm not just talking um, my colleagues and them and the police because if things prolong, it affects my colleagues in fire because how are they going to get to a certain situation? My colleagues in uh, EMS, how are they going to get through the protest to assist somebody? Because that is very significant when you have other people who have health concerns and our first responders as a whole can't go through the line. So we have to be very cognizant of that and be responsible to make sure that they can get through in a timely fashion. I appreciate your insight. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ben. And I appreciate your time as well. Thank you again. Staff Sergeant Michael Elliott, Director of the Canadian Police Association and President of the Edmonton Police Association. We were talking about protest plan, convoys planned uh, for in and around the Alberta legislature in Edmonton over the weekend, but also more broadly about the strain on police forces right across the country as these protest movements continue and uh, contingency plans that are in place. And, and it certainly, uh, as, as uh, Staff Sergeant Elliott was mentioning, um, you know, the, the strain on resources is being felt right across the board when it comes to public service and police are no different. Well, coming up, Hospitals appear to be the target of a convoy planned for Vancouver tomorrow. We'll hear from a Vancouver City Councillor after this.